0: It's a privilege to share with you this morning, uh, since it is the beginning of a new year, I thought we'd take just a few moments to reflect on the past and, um, and think about it. Now, I'm, I'm kind of, I mean, I'm not Jim Donovan, a numbers guy, but I like to look at numbers. <laughs> and uh, does anybody remember how many uh, people we had participating uh, back in Vacation Bible School? Anybody remember? Was it 100? 200? 300? 400? Anybody remember? Oh, 500. You weren't waving. Oh, 400. Okay, 400. She was about 400 participate in Bible school. All right. Does anybody have any idea how many came to our Christmas musical? We did it twice, if you remember. So we'll just say about uh, 750 participated in that. Does anybody remember how many came to our 125th anniversary celebration? Huh? Oh, 1,100, exactly. Well, not exactly. 1,169 people, as best we could count. We're here participating. Now, does anybody know, this is going to be interesting. Does anybody know how many people attended Sunday school Last year. Now, listen now carefully. How many different people walked in the door to a Sunday school class last year? Now, According to our records, 1,659 different people walked into a Sunday school class last year. Okay? At least once. They at least came in our doors once so I figured if that many people at least walked through the door into a Sunday school class I'm very confident that well over 2,000 different people probably it's more than that have attended at least a worship service of ours last year okay so think about all those numbers there 500 750 1169 1659 over 2000 Think about, and I'm excited that we're getting close to our goal on missions. Think about the dollars that have been given to missions this past year. Think about um, the mission trips that have gone on this past year. Think about all these wonderful things that God has done in and through the life of this congregation of people. And is there any sense that you feel this morning, hey... The mission's accomplished. I mean, you know, think about like um, manna drops that one of the Sunday school classes participates in and others. Think about the call to care ministry. Think about the backpack. Bless. Think about all the ministries that have happened. Is there any sense where, I mean, you know, we've, there's been people in our church who've reached out to all, all different kinds of ways. Is there any sense that you feel this morning, hey, you know, the mission's been accomplished. We've had 52 music sets of worship that have been incredible. We've had incredible choir anthems. We've had all this that has happened this past year. Well, let's look at, at the scriptures and, and, and see what Jesus experienced in John. Turn to John chapter 17. John chapter 17 and read with me. Uh, Follow with me as I read in verses 1. I'm going to read through 1 through 5. And then we'll focus in zero in on verse 4. And the scripture says, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son. That your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that He might give eternal life to all those you have given Him. Now this is eternal life, that they may know You, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom You have sent. I have brought You glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do and now Father glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began let's join our hearts together in prayer Lord Jesus we just invite you To speak to our hearts this morning. We thank you. That you've already been doing that. Thank you for the servants who have already. Led us into your presence. And may we continue in a spirit of worship. As we worship through your word. Listening to your voice. In Jesus name. Amen. All right, let's look at verse four. That's where we're going to camp out. Verse four says, I brought you glory on earth by completing or accomplishing the work you gave me to do. You know, I'm afraid that many of us, if we were honest, we would read it like this. You know, I've glorified me on earth, having accomplished the work. I have chosen to do. You know, deep down, you know, don't we want to be the stars? A couple weeks ago, my mother, I don't know how many of y'all, your mothers have done this, but a couple weeks ago when my mother came to visit, she brought some of my stuff. I didn't even know she had it. I think I told y'all a few weeks ago that she brought some report cards. And... Uh, those were inspiring to look at. Now, I know why my teachers and I were so close, you know, because I was communicating with them all the time. Okay. But anyway, but one of the other things she brought was a football program. And I know um, Mr. Massey back there cannot believe that I ever played football. It, it was only a miracle that it ever happened. But, but I'll never forget it was the 10th grade my dad had just gotten out of the army and so for that one year he coached and taught and so he dragged me to the school he was coaching and teaching at and so i'll never forget the first game of the season we were playing It's over there in albany and we were playing and i was on the sidelines 10th grader, 120 pounds and, and watching this ball game that we were getting beat. And I just knew that when it got to the last five minutes of the game, surely the coach is going to put me in. Surely I'm not going to stand here the whole time and do nothing. And you know what happened, don't you? I stood there the whole time and did nothing. You know, I just stood there. And I was like, and the, and the game went by. We, we lost. And I was just like, that never happened in my whole life. Now I wised up. I said, you know, there's a smarter way to do this. If you're not going to be a star in football, focus on one sport. So I, 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 I focused on basketball and spent a lot of hours working on basketball. And I just thought, Surely, when I graduate from high school, a college is going to want me to play basketball from them. Can you kind of guess where this is going? What happened? Never happened. There's something within us, something that drives us to want to be the star or want to call. The shots. But look at what the scripture tells us. The scripture tells us, place the spotlight on the father and the son. Place the spotlight on the father and the son. Now you think about some people who do this professionally. See this this idea here where he says, I glorified the father. I honored the Father, I magnified the Father. What do these words mean? Well, in today's world, what it would mean is advertise. Okay? Jesus advertised the Father. And you go, what do you mean he advertised the Father? Well, well, let me ask you this. Can you tell me who Stephanie Courtney is? Surely somebody in here knows who Stephanie Courtney is. Nobody will be, y'all making this sermon last longer. But anyway, Stephanie Courtney is flow. And what does she advertise? Progressive insurance. All right, that's good. At least you knew that. Okay. All right. Who is Dean Winters? Anybody know who Dean Winters is? Huh? Who is he? Anybody know? Okay. He's Mayhem. And what does he advertise? All-state insurance. Okay. Here's another one. Peter Marcarelli, which I probably didn't pronounce his name correctly, but I tried. Who's he? Huh? Does anybody know? All right, Peter was one of the disciples of Jesus. Okay, that's true, Peter was. But this guy that I'm talking about represents Verizon. So what do you think he used to say? Can you hear me now? Okay, remember that guy who said, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? All right, give you one other. I think y'all will get this. Who's Jared Fogel? Subway, okay, finally. Okay, we got one. Jared Fogel. He's the one who advertises subway, you know, restaurants, subway sandwiches. Okay? But if you notice, most of you didn't know who these people were, which is kind of the idea, right? What they're trying to use these people is to what? Promote the company or the corporation or the product. Okay? And Jesus is saying he didn't come to bring attention to himself. He came to advertise, not the product, but he came to bring glory to God, to point to God. Okay. Now, this term glorify God or or to put the spotlight is also a term that's used in theater. Okay. And that's that idea of putting a floodlight or a spotlight. Okay. Okay. Do we see any spotlights in here this morning? Do y'all see any? Maybe you're getting so used to them, you don't notice them. But there are a couple right there and right there. Okay? All right? And they're designed to, to focus your attention. Okay? To focus your attention. See, Jesus realized he was not here on planet Earth for his own benefit. He was here. He was entrusted with a very special purpose and you know what the sooner that uh, we realize that the sooner that we come to grips with that we're going to be a lot happier in our lives you know sometimes there's a there's a you know sometimes pastors will speak more truth than you than you really want to hear you know there's a pastor here. This is what this is what he said. He said, "We all want to be great. But we don't want folks to know we want to be great." I mean, what do we want folks to know about us? That we're humble, right? That's what we, that we're you know, Not conceited. You think about it. You think about a mother. A mother who gives birth. And the child that she gives birth to has special needs. Okay? You think about what is her mindset from that day forward. Her mindset from that day forward is all about the needs of that child. What can she do to encourage him? What can she do to help him compensate? What can she do to help him be self-sufficient? What can she do to sacrifice herself? That becomes her consuming passion. You think about the husband. You think about the husband whose wife at age 50 Experiences a stroke. Think about that. What happens in the life of that man? His focus, his attention becomes on the physical welfare of his formerly very independent wife. Now he's focused on her physical needs and what she's going to require day in and day out. His priority is no longer his career, his job, whatever, his income. His priority becomes her physical needs. You think about the couple. And their their teenager is going through a time of struggle. Could be any kind of struggle. But you just think about that couple and what they go through when that happens. Where, Where does their attention go? Where does the focus go? Where is the spotlight of their energy and attention? Becomes that child. And their needs. The question I ask see, Jesus was about glorifying the Father. Jesus was trying to have God Himself, the Father, on center stage and spotlighted. But the question to us this morning, and, and these worship songs just bring us back to this theme and, and remind us and challenge us and encourage us and affirm us, do we desire to have God center stage, spotlighted in our lives? Or are we battling for the attention? Do we want the honor? Could we say, just like Jesus said here, I glorified Thee. Or would we honestly say, I attempted to to glorify Me. You know, think about this. Jesus intentionally glorified the Father. Just like what I'm going to do right now. Okay, and I don't want y'all to freak out or anything, but I'm going to intentionally take this little spotlight and I'm going to fly on Roger Barlow. He's he's closing his eyes. But let me tell you, I prepped him for this. Okay, I would not do this to somebody. But why did I do that? It's drawing your attention to him. Okay, And matter of fact, if he got up and walked out. Which, again, he was gracious not to do. Uh, but if he had done that, I could have followed him with it. Would it have been easy? No, I would have had to kind of guide it and aim it at him. And then if, if I wanted to follow him to his home, he'd go, John, you just said in church, you know. But, but I followed him at home and, and he was sitting there watching TV. He's like, John, that light's getting a little annoying, you know. And then, and then he was at work trying to fix somebody's teeth and I'm shining on him. He's going, you know, this is really, you said just Sunday morning, you know. It's getting a little annoying. But it would be also kind of awkward because at, the, at his place, have y'all ever been to a dentist? Sure you yeah. uh, have. They put those lights, you know, they got their own spotlight. So you might not even be able to tell I've got it on him when he's got that spotlight on the patient. Who knows? Will you intentionally decide this morning, like Jesus, you're going to spotlight. You're going to put the spotlight. And you're going to allow it wherever you go, to be on Jesus Christ and the Father. Is that your New Year's resolution? Let's look at how to do that. Obviously, that's not a very practical way to do it, carrying around a, how are we going to do it? Let's look at the second point in this, in this passage here, that the best ad for God is actually what? A job well done. Look at what he says. He says. I have brought you glory on earth. I put the, the spotlight on you, Father. How? By completing the work you gave me to do. Completing the work. See, Jesus, this is the difference between us and Jesus. Jesus didn't come to earth and, be, and begin to grow up as a teenager and go, you know, I wonder what I'm going to do with my life. You know, I wonder if if I'm going to be like a carpenter. I wonder if I'm going to be like a fisherman or something. You go, Jesus didn't do it? No, no. You know, Jesus didn't. He grew up. He knew what God was planning to do in and through his life. He had a mission. And Jesus received particular instructions From God he had a specific task to perform he wasn't wandering around aimlessly through life he knew he was on a mission from God you could tell the things that he said the way he communicated the way he related to people the focus of his attention clearly communicated he knew why God Had sent him here. And you know what? Jesus did what God said. The scripture tells us he always obeyed his father. He always did what God told him to do. And you know what? So do we, don't we? We always do what God tells us to do. As long as we like it. You know? I don't know about you. Have you ever had a job you really loved? There was one time in my life I had a job I really loved. And uh, I mean, I like my job now, but I'm just, <laughs> well, I blew that one. Anyway, but <laughs> uh, that's, this is the, uh, what do you call it? That's the, this is the downfall of being a preacher because you you know, you have to make a living talking and then you'll say something you regret. Okay. But anyway, I'll never forget I, when I was in seminary, I had this part-time job at the landscaping. And what I liked about the landscaping job was after being in class and then studying in the evening, you had this time where you just get out and you just push a mower and you mow you mow the seminary grounds and you don't have to worry about anything. Well, one day our boss says, we're fixing to plant 40 pecan trees. Now, I'd never planted pecan trees before. So we get out there with this auger, a handheld auger, not a tractor, a handheld auger, and we start to dig these holes, and they're supposed to be four feet deep. So we go down about a foot and a half, and guess what we hit? Rock. And that auger just kind of bounces and just spins right there. I'm going, I think we ought to dig these holes a foot and a half. What do you think? So anyway, the boss man comes by and says, Notice y'all having trouble digging these holes. And we said, Yeah, we sure. So he comes out with this big steel rock bar. Okay? It's like a big massive crowbar with a point on the end. And he brings this big sledgehammer. And so, you know, what I thought we were supposed to do with it was to go around the rock and pry it up. You know what I mean? So um, so we start going out a little further and going out a little further than what the auger. And that's, it's rock. So I'm kind of getting discouraged. I'm kind of like, well, man, I don't, you know, I don't think we can do this. Boss man drives back again. By What's y'all's problem? We're going, we can't get this rock out. We're trying to pry it open. He said, well, you're going about it the wrong way. And I remember going, he's going to say, you know, He's gonna see it can't be done. So he comes over there. He picks up this rock bar. And he doesn't do what I was trying to do, pry it up. He starts hitting it in the middle of the hole. Right on the rock. And so he's hitting it, he's getting red in the face. I'm going, you know, I'm just, I'm the lowly employee, but I'm kind of going, yeah, see, you can't do that. And he keeps hitting it and hitting it and hitting it. And then, you know what happened? Right? It began to crack. And he didn't just crack. He kept hitting and and crack it all to pieces. He says, now get that rock out of that hole and dig this thing four and a half feet deep. I'm like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I got a clear demonstration of what I thought was a kind of a relaxing job, you know, right after school. This was going to be some serious work because there were like 40 of these that we were going to do over the next whatever few weeks. Jesus said, he glorified God, having accomplished the work. See, the assignment that God has given us, after we attempt it, we're going to say it can't be done. Uh, Lord, how, how am I going to make this marriage work? Lord, how am I going to raise these kids? Lord, how am I going to be a Christian in my workplace? How am I going to have an impact as a schoolteacher? Lord, how am I going to, to teach a Sunday school class? Or how am I going to work in the nursery? How am I going to sing in the choir over and over again? How am I going to keep you know, faithfully participating in rehearsals and so I can do the praise being whatever. Lord, how can I do this? I'm not able. The assignments that God will give us will make us say, I can't do it. But you notice what it said here? Jesus was not just given an assignment. He completed it. He completed it. And if there's anybody that should have had a reason not to complete it, it was Jesus. Do you realize day after day, he walked around with that knucklehead, you know, Peter that Edward mentioned just ago a minute ago. Ed, uh, he walked around with Peter and John and James. And, and, you know, their ideas of what Jesus ought to do weren't the right ones. Day by day he walked around with them and with people all around him. He was ministering constantly. And then he wasn't, it didn't lead up to some great coronation, right? He wasn't elected president or or Caesar. He ended up going to the cross and laying down his life. There's anybody who should have said, oh, it's too difficult, it should have been Jesus. But Jesus didn't say it was too difficult. Because Jesus was totally committed to His Father. Jesus was irrevocably convinced that the Father loved Him. That the Father's plan was best. He was convinced of that. And so He completed the task. He accomplished the work. He allowed the Father to live through Him. Now, when I talk about today being totally committed, I'm not talking about being totally committed to all the church activities. What we're talking about this morning, as you heard in the text, is being totally committed to Him. To Him. Are you totally committed to Him? Because if we're not then we won't even start a difficult activity, much less continue in it. When it becomes frustrating, when it gets to the point where we go, I can't do this, we surely won't continue in it. We'll just walk away. So I ask you this morning in closing, do you desire with all your heart This morning, to to put Jesus Christ, put God the Father on center stage in your life? Do you desire with all your heart to spotlight Him? Well, if that is the desire of our hearts this morning, then we will complete. No matter how difficult, no matter how challenging, no matter how frustrating, we will complete even if we think it's impossible, we'll complete the mission He's given to us. That mission is to let everybody in this community, which I'm estimating to be about 40,000 people, You add up all the numbers I shared at the beginning. We're not anywhere near 40,000. Okay? Our mission is to let those 40,000 people in this community know in a personal way that they can have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I don't know how we're going to do it. It sounds impossible to me because on top of that, we're committed... To taking the gospel to what? The six million, six billion, excuse me, six billion people throughout the world. Jesus said, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Let's pray together. Oh, Father, this morning. You've met with us. You've spoken to us. Lord, you've reminded us of. Of who we are. You've encouraged us. Oh, Father, this morning, we want to. Confess if our, if our hearts are saying. I want to live for myself. Father, we want to confess if there's something less than you for which we're living for. Father, this morning. As we begin this new year. We realize. There's so much more. We're really just at the beginning. Though we're 125 years old, we're just at the beginning in terms of a, an opportunity to reach into the hearts and lives of boys and girls and teenagers and adults and senior adults all over this community. Father, We can't do it in our own strength. But Lord, if our heart's desire is to spotlight you, to highlight you, then you'll do it through us. So as we begin this new year, we commit it to you. We ask for your wisdom and your power and your blessing. In Jesus' name. Amen.